Well, hey, good morning. Thanks again for having uh, uh, me and my family joining us. We just love, it's like coming home to us. Eli gets excited every time he comes here because you guys have free donuts and he loves donuts. So, uh, man, just thanks for being a blessing to our family. Could I ask, could we stand up for the reading of God's word this morning? We're talking about hope. Everybody say hope. Love and th- I just want you guys to know from the this is not like a Christmas message. This is not a New Year's message. This is a message from the Word of God that is applicable for any season of life. Uh, uh, certainly for the New Year. But man, I don't know how you're coming into this morning. But I, I I know that as we read God's Word, He's got a message for you wherever you are. So Psalm 42. We're going to be in this morning. It says, "As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul." Pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where, when can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Look to your neighbor and say, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast, therefore I will remember you from the land of Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and your breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer agony as foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Guys, the message this morning, put your hope in God. Let me pray. Jesus, would you help us put our hope in you? Help me this morning. Would you bless the reading and the teaching of your word in your good and strong name we pray. Amen. Hey, as you uh, take a seat, high five your neighbor next to you, say, let's do this. Um, Hey, so so I just want to help you put this into context we understand. There, I don't know if the Death Star would have been defeated without hope. I don't know that anybody is going to show up to the Jags game this afternoon without hope or just a sense of obligation and duty. You know what I'm saying? We should say a prayer for Doug Marone right now. Lord, just be with Doug. Um, People are all over the spectrum when it comes to hope, right? Uh, uh, People that pick up their dating apps and swipe right, like, I've got some hope that one of these days, like, it's going to work out, you know? Uh, maybe, it, maybe you're on the spectrum. Maybe you had a bad 2019, and you feel like New Year's Day is going to offer you some hope, which is why it's going to be such a big deal in your house. Maybe you're a mom with no sense of hope, and, and you don't know if I should keep praying for my kid to, to come back home. Maybe I'm a Christian with no hope, so I'm going to get derailed by the next election, Right? Maybe I'm on the spectrum of like, any, any parents in here? Oh, pray, like, God bless you guys. Oh, my word. <clears throat> if you don't have any hope, it's really hard to keep parenting. Um, 
Like, kid, Eli, I kept you up until midnight. Why do you still wake up at 6.30 in the morning? I don't get it. Like, every morning, Eli, I keep t- it's like 300 times in a row. You cannot eat potato chips for breakfast. And it's because I, like, hope that my principles and application and uh, listening to podcasts, and I even ask my parents, like, Hey, how did you, like, I'm pretty, I'm like somewhat normal. How did you guys do this? It's because of my hope that I keep parenting that Eli is going to turn into like, I would love productive, but I'll take normal at this point. You know what I mean? Like in in a couple years, hope keeps me. And I think hope keeps you persevering in whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's walking with God or parenting or whatever it might be, college. And if you do have hope, man, it is a game changer. I was talking with a couple of my college students or seniors that have been battling an addiction to pornography for a decade of their life. And he was telling me, man, like, I've got some victory recently and I feel for the first time I've got hope. Hope that they're like, I can break free from the hope that like, I don't have to keep coming back. Hope is a game changer. And without it, We stop persevering, right? The mom that has hope, she keeps praying. The Christian that has hope keeps persevering, even even though their their party didn't win. The businessman who has hope keeps doing his business with integrity, right? He hasn't given up on it, right? Parents that, man, have hope, they keep parenting. The girl that has hope keeps trusting God, keeps believing in her value, even though at high school her self-image gets shredded or her social, you know, her social media, she, her image gets shredded. The, the, Christian, the guy that, that wants to be married or that wants to be in a dating relationship that maybe struggles with same-sex attraction, you see hope is a game changer in his life, that God could be with me in this. Man, here's where we sit, just the stark reality of our culture is that depression is the number one cause of disability in the U.S. for people 15 to 44. In the United States, suicide is the second leading cause of death among people 15 to 34. Among young adults, so college age 18 to 25, 8% have, thoughts about, have serious thoughts about suicide and 1000 this is where it hits home for me 1000 college students every year commit suicide in the last 2 years we've had four that i know of at the university of florida that are like friends with our students that i like i know people that know these people that have committed suicide this is this is the craziest thing to me i get this from psychology today just so you know i'm, I'm not making this stuff up uh, this is a very clear picture of our society i think they say preschoolers are the fastest growing market for antidepressants four percent of preschoolers are clinically depressed how is that possible <laughs> man you guys I, like as we hear these statistics i know they like resonate but I think that you know they're true based on your interaction with society. Like ultimately, like we know that that the world has a problem with hope, right? 
And guys, the world is watching us as believers. How do we deal with hopelessness? How do we deal with depression and anxiety and all of these things? And please don't hear me say that medicine and and drugs and things, I mean, those things have a place. Absolutely. The doctors that come up with those things are gifted by God in their hands and their mind. Hear me say that. But what, what else do Christians have to offer? Newsflash, we got a lot. People are desperate and dying and suffering. And I think we have what they need. The problem is, I don't know about you, but hope for me really is a fight. I don't know how your 2019 was, but mine was hard. It re- I mean, anytime you're working with people, especially in ministry, discouragement is not far. Um, so here's the main idea. If you get anything tonight, get this, or this morning. So I'm used to preaching at night. If you get anything this morning, get this. Hope fuels your walk with God. Hope fuels your walk with God. And some of you like, might push back on that, like say, like Jesus said that man should not live by bread alone, like bread is the word of God, you know, the word of God should be our fuel. What do you do with Romans 15 that says that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the encouragement and endures, uh, endurance of the scriptures, we might have So even as we nourish ourselves from the word of God, it is meant to stir up hope because God knows how important it is for the Christian. So let's get back to uh, Psalm 42, verse one through three. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? Here's what you need to know. The Psalms, like broadly, man, I, I just love them. They, they, what they do, the, the intention is to shape not just how the mind thinks about God and, and his word and a life with God, but they intend to shape how the heart is supposed to feel and how the heart feels along with God. That's why for centuries, like people, we don't like naturally gravitate to let me dwell on and meditate on Leviticus. You know what I mean? Like, like I would much rather dwell on and meditate on the Lord is my shepherd, right? That helps me feel connected or feel with God or Psalm 1 or Psalm 63. So, so the guys that put the Psalm 42 together, sons of Korah, were a group of priests charged with the ministry of singing. The heading implies that this psalm was probably used in public worship and was sung. And, and, and so knowing that, please know that hope is not just for individuals. It's absolutely for communities of people, of bodies of Christians, of local church. It's for you guys. So this psalm is written for people in exile who are de- depressed by a guy who was also depressed. Isn't it cool that that's how God wants to communicate to us. That he would choose this way of meeting people who are frustrated and angry and depressed and upset using a guy that feels all of those similar emotions. We have something to learn from Psalm 42. And on a very personal level, man, one quote that I've uh, been written or wrote in my journal a while ago and, and just stays present with me as I battle like personal discouragement, I don't know if any of you guys in here like resonate with being discouraged, but I resonate with it a lot. Uh, uh, I think it was um, Spurgeon said, discouragement is the anesthetic 
that the devil uses on a person just before he reaches in and carves out his heart. That, that hits home to me because discouragement is not far away. You don't have to look hard to find discouragement. And if we're not careful, we can allow discouragement to trump our sense of hope. That's a dangerous place to be. So here's how we, why we have to be careful with Psalm 42. Because I don't know if you guys have ever been to Gallenberg, Tennessee, but it's like the, the headquarters of the, or like the pinnacle of cute Christian t-shirts. Um, we've spent a lot of time there and there's always, you know, those like airbrushed shirts. And I, I even saw one, I should have taken a picture of it. Got like the deer with the antlers by the stream of water. And then it's got the Psalm 42. As the deer pants for us, so my soul pants for you. Here's the deal. This Psalm is not like a cheesy t-shirt Psalm. This is about an animal that's dying because of a lack of water from being hunted. This is a man writing when he's in agony and he's not indifferent to his pain. He's acutely aware of his pain, longing to be in a better place where he is powerfully filled and walking intimately with the Lord. And he's frustrated because he can't get there. And he's frustrated, he can't sleep, he's weeping, he's pleading, he's reading scripture because he knows that God is faithful, but he is wrestling because he doesn't feel it. That is not a t-shirt verse. This is not a cute Christian t-shirt idea. This is like war for your soul. And I wonder if you've been there. Back in these days, theologians tell us that the deer... Uh, it could be that this picture is of a deer being hunted, running through the woods with his life in the balance, being chased by dogs. And, and one theologian even, even said, uh, it's not that he was thirsty, it's that he wanted to be safe under the water so much that the only thing pointing out was his nose. Like, if, if you've ever been deer hunting, I did some research, like, to be safe, deers often, or they can, run into the water and hide, stick their nose up so they can breathe. That's the imagery that David is giving to us. And the first observation I want to make uh, this morning is that David, he really knew what his soul was thirsty for. Like he had the awareness to know that, that, that his soul was thirsty for God. The difference between the godly man and the worldly man is that both can say, my soul pants and thirsts. Like we, we can all resonate with that a little bit. But the godly man can add, for thee, O God. I wonder, how, did, like, how does a guy get there, that he gets his thirst right? I, I'm willing to bet David, and we see in the scriptures that he had some experience with God before this moment that he would know and, and believe with absolute certainty that God is real, that he's faithful, that he's out there. And, and where did that desire come to thirst for God? I mean, at some level, David's soul felt nourished. At some point in his life, his soul was connected to God in a way of intimacy and enjoyment and fulfillment. And I think if you're sitting in this room this morning, at some point, at some level, you can resonate with that. You can think of a moment in time or a place or a season where you felt connected, where you felt intimate. Maybe it was when you first came to Christ and, and the joy of your salvation was just so fresh and so new and so exciting. Maybe it was when you saw God's provision for your family or for your business. You can call to mind memories of God was close to me and I knew it. 
David had those two. And he recognized that what he needed more than protection, more than his enemies all like to, to be kept at bay was the presence of God. And our problem is we just don't get our thirst right. And that's, that's our problem, guys. We don't get our thirst right. We say, where can I go and meet with my Tinder date, right? Where can I go and draw near to my 401k because then I'll feel secure? When, where can I find the thing that gives me value? You're not going to get your hope right if you're not depending in the right thing. A good way to know is, man, what happens if I get my 401k right or set, but God doesn't come through What happens if I get parenting right, but God doesn't show up? How much of the thing that you are hoping for and depending in is dependent on God's presence? I'm not saying they're mutually exclusive, but it's easy to feel secure in my relationship with Rachel and and want like that relationship to be great and successful and forget that, man, my like my relationship with my my being a husband to Rachel, man, is really dependent on my being with God. Let me keep moving here, and I'm going to sit in verses 4 through 7 for a little while. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. When my soul, or why my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. The first truth, man, if you're like wrestling with how do, I, how do I have hope, how do I connect with hope, the first truth this morning I want to uh, share with you guys is that hope really is activated. There's things that you can do to activate hope. And I want to draw your attention to what David is doing, what David does about his hopeless situation. It's obvious that he's depressed and lonely and sad, but he's going to do a few things that as he expresses this to God, fuel his hope. The first one is that he remembers. That he remembers. He remembers going down to the house of God. What does that, what does that mean exactly? He remembers those moments of worship and community. He remembers that those intimate moments with God where he would go and meet with God. I, 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 we don't know this for a fact, but I wonder what was significant when David thought about the heights of Hermon and the lands of Jordan, what did he think about? He thought about the presence of God. He thought about some memory he had with God, where God was there, where God was present, where God was faithful when he needed to be. He remembered, right? I mean, I I know I said earlier, some of you guys have those memories. I wonder, how often do you remember those memories? Because when we're depressed and discouraged and, and hopeless, those often, man, those are a place of refuge for us. Our problem is we just remember the wrong things, right? We remember shameful things. or Those are the things that we call to mind. But the word of God, I, I love this, in the Old Testament, when God, when God isn't saying remember, He's saying, don't forget. Like those are his two favorite phrases in the Old Testament. Remember and don't forget, right? Remember what I have done. Remember my presence. Remember my provision. I I, I often think about like, 
especially in college, I, I was trying to learn a ton of new stuff. I'm always approaching the scripture, like trying to learn a ton of new things and, you know, analyze verses and navigators are big on Bible study. So I've got these Bible study methods and you just, I'm just always trying, I'm like addicted to learn. I really like learning, but I wonder if I cut my learning time in half and spent half of that time not learning, but just remembering what I already know. You know, like, I think my life would be a little bit better off. And I wonder, same with us, if whatever we're doing, if we take some time to remember what we already know is true, I wonder if that would help us be hopeful and have hope in our life, especially in hard days. Psalm 103 says, forget not all of his benefits. God has benefits and absolutely he has benefited your life. Of course, God is all about the supremacy of Jesus. But even James said earlier, like, God is working on our behalf. He says that in his scriptures. And so, so God has been and has given us more than we know. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms is ours. That is a blessing to be remembered, right? The next thing David does, and I love this, he preaches to his soul. Preaches to put your hope in God. Look at your neighbor and say, put your hope in God. I mean, he, I, I love that he acknowledges this gap in feeling that his feelings don't control him, but at the same time, they're real. And, and I think that ultimately they're helpful in drawing him closer to God when he acknowledges them. <clears throat> My idea this morning is like, don't, don't just listen to yourself. Preach to yourself. I mean, I mean just... Have you ever realized that the most, in, I, I, I would guess that most of our unhappiness in life is due to the fact that we're listening to ourself instead of talking to ourself. And pre, like nobody has a more important voice in your life than you do. What are you saying to yourself? Or are you just listening to the thoughts? Are you remembering the, the shameful things? Are you remembering the hard things? Are you remembering the, the frustrating things? I mean, th this is what I tell our college students. Like, imagine yourself, if, if, you're, if you need some hope, if you, if you want to walk in confidence, imagine yourself waking up in the morning and you, and you wake up and, and the guys, you know, strut to the mirror and, and you kind of do the, the, you flex a little bit and, and you know, like, like I look good or whatever. <clears throat> um, you walk to the mirror and you kind of get angry, like you're just kind of building this confidence. You get, get a little angry, you get kind of like excited, but you got some bad breaths, you're trying to avoid that and not think about that. You're alone in your room and just imagine yourself for a second. What would it look like to say to yourself with, with seriousness, with authority, if God is for me, who could be against me? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for me, how will he not also graciously give me all things? Man, I've got this image of, like, of the locker room, right, where you're like looking at your buddy and your head buddy and you're getting each other pumped up. Like, get yourself pumped up. Look, like, with authority, who can bring any charge against me as God's elect? It is God who justifies, and he has justified me. Who is there to condemn me? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. And who is at the right hand of God? And he is interceding for me. Or maybe some of you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, who can separate me from the love of Christ that is in, from the love of God that is in 
Christ Jesus. Man, start preaching to yourself. Stop listening to yourself. And one thing I got to mention is like, that's what makes community such a big deal. It's like, sometimes I don't wake up in the morning and I, well, let's be real. I don't want to look at myself in the morning sometimes. I need people in my life that will look at me and say, who can be against you? Man, Jesus has justified. You are chosen. You are predestined. You are loved by God. You are a child of the king. You are his boy. You are the apple of his eye. I need people in my life to say that. My son needs me to say that to him. He's my boy. And I know that he's going to be combating lies and high school and and all these kind of, he needs me to preach to him. Like for real, he needs me to preach to him. Man, so hope really is a fight, right? Let's keep moving. Uh, Deep calls to deep, verse seven. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and your breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love and at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I love what David does here. He sings, right? He sings his prayer. His song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. And there was a time in our uh, marriage that we were, I don't know why we did this, but we watched, anybody familiar with the Walking Dead show about zombies? And it was real popular back then. And I have no idea to this day why, like, I'm not even interested in that. Why do we watch it? We just watched it because everybody thought it was cool. And I don't know. <clears throat> so we'd watch it at, late at night and we'd lay in bed together, watch the show. And, and it was kind of scary. Like, it wasn't like that enjoyable. Again, I don't know why we watched the show. <clears throat> but so I'd close the computer and Rachel would look at me and she's like, ah, I like would you, like, I'm kind of scared, like, would you just sing to me? And, like, yeah, like, that was a moment of intimacy, for sure, where she needed someone to feel protected by and connected to, and, like, all of these bad guys out there, you know, trying to get us, but, but like, I want to feel safe with you. There's something about singing that does that to our, like, something happens. And then beyond that, I love this, that David affirms God's love for him. So he sings, he remembers, he preaches, and now he affirms God's love for him in spite of his circumstances. Because the easiest thing to do, we got to learn from this, because the easiest thing to do in tribulation is, is ask yourself, is think internally, if God really loved me, would Christmas have gone just like it did? If God really loved me, why did I just get laid off? If God really, you know, fill in the blank, right? If you love me, why would you do this to me? When you think about the waves and the breakers that have crashed onto your life, right? The things that just don't, haven't gone right, the injustice, the oppression, the, 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 like all those kind of stuff. Who do you attribute them to? It's only natural to ask why and where do these come from. I I know it's small, but check this out. David says, it's all your waves and all your breakers that have swept over me. David says, like, God, these are your fault. I'm not saying, like, whether he's, like, theologically correct or accurate in like saying that but he said it and there's something about the way that he said it that God wants us to know right I wonder what made him say that I think it's so comforting to know I would much rather know that these waves and these breakers that have crashed on my life came from the person who loves me more than anyone on this planet 
Because what's the alternative, right? Like, they're just meaningless waves. They're just meaningless breakers, right? Charles Spurgeon said, I have loved to kiss the wave that throws me upon the rock of ages. And we, the reality is we have an author writing our story that is more devoted to Christ being formed in me than anyone on this planet. We have an author, I love in, in Romans 5, it talks about like, what do we do with suffering? I mean, for the Christian, you, like, this truth is, is so important to our life that suffering is productive. He says that suffering produces character, right? And character, perseverance, and perseverance, hope. Man, if we're not in the kingdom of God, when suffering happens, we have no hope that it's productive. But when we're in the kingdom of God, and the waves and the breakers come, then we know that it's from the person that loves us more than anything, that is present with us through everything, and is more committed to us than anyone on this planet. The truth I want you guys to get this morning is that hope really is cemented in God's love for you. Hope is like we cannot have, we cannot live by hope, we cannot have hope until we realize that it is rooted and cemented in God's love for us. It might, like, things, the waves and the breakers, like, they are not comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really like to ride those waves or get hit by those breakers. They're, un- they're not enjoyable, but they are purposeful. So let me end it like this. Let me, we got we to talk about, the, the point of the servant is not to be like David, right? The point of, the, like, we got to turn it to Jesus here. Like, how does he relate to us in all of this? The, the reality is, like if, if you feel like hopeless or if you feel depressed, if you feel like you've got a person, look, you don't have a hope problem. You don't have a person. We have a gospel problem at the end of the day. It's because we're just like our a mom and dad, Adam and Eve, right? They were in the garden and they heard like, hey, you can eat all this other fruit, but you can't eat this one fruit. And in that moment, they decided, you know what? I'm, I'm going to trust in my own Stuff. I'm going to trust in my own perspective. I'm not going to trust that God is good and that he is loving and that he is wise and that he's given me boundaries to live by. I'm going to say that I'm going to, I, I want to take the ship and, and, and drive the boat and all those kind of things. So they took the apple and they ate it. We are just like them, I think. The reality is, how do we like live by hope? The application is, guys, instead of looking at our circumstances, instead of looking out, we've got to look up. We've got to look up at Jesus, who, man, man, just think like, he came from heaven to earth, right? It's like walking into a truck stop bathroom where you just, it's like, Jesus, are you sure this is a good idea? Like, don't touch it, don't get it on you, right? But he came from heaven to earth and he lived a life, guys, where he didn't, like, his friends, they abandoned him. Right? When he needed them most, he, 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 he was abandoned by his friends. He was alone on the cross. And he, it says in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane, he prayed that God would deliver him from what he was about to experience, from the waves and the breakers of God's wrath. We know in Hebrews that God heard Jesus' prayer. And do you know that God loved you so much that when his son, who came from heaven to earth, when his son prayed and said, God, would you take this from me. He loved you so much that he was silent and he did not answer his son. And his son chose in what would seem like a hopeless situation to move 
by faith and hope and in love to the cross for you and for me. And so guys, when, when, you're, when you feel hopeless, man, hope that God, if God was good enough and loving enough to not respond to his son so that we could have access to him, guys, would you remember that God is present with you, that he loves you, that God knows and that they're his waves and his breakers and he is fashioning something in you that if you, man, if you, if you only knew the person God wanted you to be, God is crafting you to be, the character that he is forming in you, you would not want to be anybody else because he's so good and he's so loving. So part of this living by hope deal is the reality is we just need people to pray with us. We need people to preach over us. So I'm going to end this sermon right now. Uh, the altar team or the prayer team or the past, pastoral team is going to come over. If you just need prayer for hope in this season, if you need someone to help you look up instead of look at your circumstance, man, I just invite you guys to come pray this morning. I love you. The, uh, the gospel is so good and it's so for you. Let me pray. Jesus, I pray that the emotions, God, the, the feelings that were maybe stirred up this Christmas. Father, our feelings are always valid, but you always have something to say about them. You always have some sort of provision for us. And so, God, I pray this morning that instead of just looking at these circumstances, that, that we would live as people who are looking up, that the world would see, God, that man, we are people that look to God for our hope, for our provision. And so, Father, I ask, um, yeah, God, I just ask this morning that we would put our hope in you, not on earthly things, but on things that are going to last. God, it's in your good name and strong name we pray.